Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We have overcome the world because we have been born children of God. John, of course, is calling us back to our baptisms. Surely remembering the account that he recorded between Jesus and Nicodemus as they discussed on that night, Nicodemus coming to Jesus in secret, where Jesus proclaimed to Nicodemus, unless one is born again by water and the Spirit, he cannot be part of the kingdom of God. When Nicodemus was confused and asked how one could be born again from his mother's womb, Jesus proclaimed that this was the baptism from on high, a baptism of the Spirit, a birth that brought us into his family. And so it is. Our victory then is the faith which we have. John is not telling us this is something which we do, that because we believe or because we have been convinced, but it is that gift which by our baptisms we have, the faith which enables us to believe and to proclaim. It is a work of the Spirit, the one who has given us new life. But then John adds this part about the one who is the child of God is the one that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In the statement is a little more than just saying, I believe in Jesus. It's going deeper. Because John was dealing with a heresy that was creeping up during those, the end of the first century. A heresy that said Jesus was simply a man that he wasn't of God, that he was maybe a great prophet or a great teacher, but was not God in the flesh. Indeed, this is no different than what we experience today. While it is true, I'm sure you could find memes on Facebook, which equate the thought of Jesus to maybe the Easter bunny or Santa, talking about how he's simply a myth. Those memes are quite frankly ignorant there is no historical scholar of repute which denies that Jesus existed, that there was a man who lived in Galilee who bore this name, who created some type of upstart religion. But what they would simply say is like the people of John's time. Maybe he was a great teacher, maybe he had words of wisdom, but that's all he was. No, our victory is in believing and trusting that Jesus wasn't simply some man, but yes, even as he was a man, he is also God in the flesh. The one who has redeemed us by his work on the cross, who bore our sins through those wounds by which he bled, who offered his life up as a sacrifice, dying for the sins of the world, that we may enter into his kingdom and dwell in his world. John emphasizes this when he proclaims that Jesus came not by water only, but by water and the blood. As we consider these words, we might not fully understand what they mean. But as we view all of scripture and look at the place of water, as I've shared with you most recently, the, we recall how it is through water and the spirit that the Lord has desired to create. Go back to Genesis 1, where the spirit hovered over the waters by which God formed all things. And then Genesis 2 where it was from dust which was soaked with water that our Lord formed Adam and then breathed in him the Spirit. To say he came from water is to acknowledge that, God is, that Jesus is God, that he is Spirit. He is of a heavenly realm. But that is not all. <clears throat> For 
he is not simply a or religion is not simply a spiritual thing. Christianity is not simply about the soul. But Jesus came by blood as well. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He is Emmanuel, as we sing out and proclaim at Christmas, that God, that the Word took on flesh and dwelt among us. God became man. And now the same God and man, Jesus, the incarnate Word, we now proclaim in excitement and victory how he rose in the flesh, now reigns at the right hand of the Father. Sadly, all too often today, you might have in, in some ways the opposite heresy, who will say, well, yes, Jesus rose from the dead, but it's just figurative. His spirit rose, his, teacher, his teachings followed on after him. To that also, we must give an emphatic wrong when Jesus rose from the dead, it wasn't just his spirit. It wasn't just his teachings. It was his body and soul as a foreshadowing of first fruits of we who shall also rise body and soul from the grave. Today, we're told that the spirit now testifies because as John also knows, our Lord in body and flesh ascended to the right hand of the father on that 40th day after his resurrection he now lives and reigns there where he is our advocate, where he is that constant witness of the price he paid to the Father. And so, 10 days after that, on Pentecost, he sent forth the Spirit into the church. The Spirit is now our witness. The Spirit is what gives us faith. In our gospel lesson, we heard that all familiar event, how Thomas missed that first occasion of our Lord's appearance on the eve of his resurrection. And said he wouldn't believe unless he saw our Lord, saw the nail marks in his hands and the wound in his side. And it was then, as he witnessed those wounds, that he believed. But Jesus proclaimed, have you believed because you have seen? Blessed are they who have not seen and yet believed. He was prophesying of the church who would come after, of us who are gathered today, who did not witness the crucifixion, who did not see the bodily risen Lord. And yet by the work of the Spirit, who comes through the word, we are healed. The witness of the spirit is given abundantly, not simply through the proclamation of the word, which would be sufficient and is sufficient, but also through the witness of water and blood. And just as those witness to our Lord, who is both spirit coming from water and, blood, and flesh coming through blood, so too do the three witnesses point to us, who are spiritual and fleshly beings, redeemed by Christ the crucified. Of course, we understand the word. The word is the foundation. The word is what goes forth and actually gives the blessings even to the sacraments. As Martin Luther proclaims in the small catechism, how does, wonder, how does water do such great things? It is not just water only, but the word of God working through the water. Likewise, with the bread and wine, it is but bread and wine, yet by the word of God, which is proclaimed over it and, which is the, and through which the promise is given, it is also the body and blood of Christ. And so the word of God comes to us by the means of the Spirit. It is then the three that testify. But how is it that the sacraments especially testify? The word, of course, we hear and we believe. But as the old cliche goes, a picture is worth a thousand words. And so our Lord has given us the visible word, the gift of baptism and the Lord's Supper. 
the gift of baptism, witnesses that our souls are saved, that we are spiritual creatures, that we have received again that which was lost in the fall, that we indeed once again bear the image of God, ones who are redeemed by Christ the crucified. It is a witness that we shall dwell for all eternity, for we are partaking of the spirit of our Lord. And then he gives us the sacrament, which is the witness and testimony of the blood, which speaks to our flesh, which means that not only are our souls redeemed, but also our bodies. In the life to come, as, you will, as we will actually discuss in Bible study after our service today, we simply do not dwell up in the clouds with our spirits flying around randomly, but we shall dwell in a physical creation with physical bodies and with spiritual souls in the presence of our Lord and all the hosts of heaven who shall now dwell on earth. It is the promise and the hope for which we confess and which we believe and for which we wait. In this life, we who are redeemed still endure the, the difficulties of a fallen world, but we endure them in the sure knowledge that we have overcome the world, that Christ is our victor, and that in him we have life eternal. Amen. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.